Awesome. That's the that's that's what that's what's important. I got
Good morning. Amen. I want to read from Psalm 51 this morning. Welcome, everyone, as we gather in a time for worship. I want to read out of Psalm 51, um, starting in verse 6. Psalm 51, verse 6 says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you've broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Amen. This morning as we go into a time of worship, it's so important for us to know that in Christ there is joy but because there's forgiveness. There's forgiveness of sin that if we're separated from him for any reason this morning, we're feeling distant, that he forgives us, forgives us of our sin and restores us into a right relationship and he restores that joy and that clean spirit within us. So I just want to encourage you to come close to the Lord this morning. Wherever you're at this morning, you would just come to him. Get, get anything out of the way. Uh, the Lord is so compassionate and so merciful. We don't have to spend a lot of time. We can deal with things and he will deal with us right where we're at. So this morning, we're going to just have a moment of prayer. And if there's anything happening, whether it's, it's a sin or even just worry or, or, or dread or anything, let's just cast those things to the Lord and, and ask him to bring us into that right and healthy relationship. Amen. Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you and we trust in your word, God, that says that you are faithful and just. If we confess our sins, you'll forgive them, God, that you will restore to us, Father, restore us into a right relationship with you. God says, the word says that if we would cast our burdens upon you, you care for us and you'll, you'll carry our burdens and you'll, you'll exchange them with us. Father, this morning, wherever each person is at, Father, here in, in the sanctuary watching online, I just pray you administer to each and every one by your Holy Spirit. Come this morning. Father, help us to enter into your presence and know who you are and know your goodness and your, your life, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you. Create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, this morning we pray for those not present, those who maybe are struggling with a sickness or uh, for whatever reason, have not joined and have not come to be in fellowship, Lord, if they're watching online, that you just touch them. Father, I pray for healing for those that we know are, are struggling and, and uh, God, need a miracle and need a touch from you. Bless them, touch them, heal them. Father, bless those from the congregation who are out of the country even, Madeline and Charmaine and anyone else, Lord, just watch, watch over them and be with them. Fathers, we come into a time of worship. We just ask your blessing and presence. God, usher us right into the throne room of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we worship him this morning.
in tune this morning. sing you praise this morning. Let's sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Sing praise. We sing praise. We sing praise. We sing praise. Sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, 
forever God is strong forever God is with us forever forever God is faithful forever God is strong forever God is with us forever and ever forever Stand against 
greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? God, we thank you so much that you are for us. And if you are for us, then who could stand against us? God, give us faith. Faith to walk in all that we know. That you are with us, Lord. Surround us with your light, your love endures 
Spirit, come right now.
God, even in the times and the, the times that we're focused on all the negative things happening, even in our own town and around this country and this nation and this world, God. Father, there is hope in you and you are the only hope. God, and you are the hope for everyone, even the people that we think are too far gone. Lord, we pray right now that people's eyes would be opened, starting with ours. God, open up our eyes. Help us to see the King of glory seated at the right hand of God. God, help us to know that you are still in control, God, and that you bring life and you bring hope. God, bring hope to us. Open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our eyes, God, to hear, to see, to receive the hope that's in you. Hope for our community, hope for our state, hope for this nation and hope for this world. Hallelujah. By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that you sent to indwell us and to fill us up, even at Pentecost, and said that you would be with us forever and that you would never leave us, that you would fill us with your power and your strength. God, Holy Spirit, come. God, open up our eyes, open up our hearts to receive. God, that's our prayer. That's what we need. That's what we need today. God refreshed hope in you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you this morning. God, and all the people say, amen. 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 Greet somebody before you sit down and love on them. Hello. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings, certainly. From the church. Good morning, Journey Church. Wait for it. Well, good morning, Journey Church. How's everybody doing? Woo! Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, 
welcome. We would love to get connected with you. And one way that you can do that is by filling out there are connection cards in the pockets of the seats. You can fill that out and put that in the tithe and offering boxes in the back or as the gentlemen come down to collect our tithes and offerings. Also in those pockets are prayer cards. So if you have a prayer request and you would like to go ahead and write that down, you can also do that and then put those in the tithe and offering boxes or in the bags as they come down with our ushers. A um, couple quick announcements. So um, net, let's see, February 4th at 11 a.m., in Apple Valley at Sunset Hills. There is a service for Brian's son who unfortunately passed away, Andrew. And um, the halls have so kindly offered to, uh, if anybody wants to carpool to go down to that, you have what, four seats? Four seats available. Um, otherwise, we can connect with you and get you additional information on going down there on your own if you need to. So if you would like to do that, please connect with Phoebe Hall. Um, the next announcement I have is that we have our annual church business meeting happening at the end of February. I believe that's Sunday, February 26th, and we're going to have lunch. We're going to be going over um, budgets, yay, <laughs> and um, just kind of getting a report of the different ministries and what they've done throughout the years, the years, the year, and then what's to come in the this year, and so um, I encourage you, especially as a member, we definitely need more members to be there. And then if you're not a member, just come check it out. Come hang out. It'll be good. Um, and with that, I'm going to actually hand over the microphone, right? Rob? Okay. Wait. Wait for it. Keep waiting. I know the suspense is killing you. <laughs> Amen. Um, in regards to the annual business meeting, um, Every year, every year, uh, one of the board members comes up for re-election. And um, we have a contingency here in the church that if the person on the board is doing a really good job and the board uh, wants to keep them, that we can re-nominate them to an additional three-year um, term. And so Elise is our outgoing board member, Elise Vasquez. She's our outgoing board member. She's the secretary of the board. She's what keeps us on track in, a, in, li in line. Her term is coming up, but the board uh, talked, and we would like to keep her again. So here's how this kind of works. You can make a nomination for anybody that you think would be a good fit for the, the board. Um, you need to do that this week and next week. So it's kind of short notice, but um, so that we have time to, to look at that. If you have an, di an additional nomination, we're nominating. Uh, th the board is actually suggesting and nominating Elise to continue in that position. Um, but I including you can nominate yourself if you, you know, think that that's what you should be doing. And then uh, the elders will look at that list, the board, and then we'll bring it back for ratification on the day of the annual meeting. So that's kind of how that works. So you can make a nomination if you want. Um, but we're also just to let you know, we're throwing Elise back in the she's ready to jump back in the pit again. Um, anyway, so that that's it. I just you need to know that that you can make a nomination for the for the board position for this uh, position of secretary. This, this week, you can just write it on, the, on a piece of paper um, and, and just write nomination and put it in the offering in the, bo in the back box. You could send me an email with it just, and just get it to me this, this, uh, this next week by next Sunday. Awesome? There we go. There we go. All right. Thank you. Um, well, I just want to continue our time of worship by we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. And um, as we're writing out our checks or there's different ways that you can give online. Hey, for those of you also that may not have done this text to give and that's like a, a way that you want to do that or set it up where it's reoccurring. 
come talk to me. I can help you figure that out, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, but would love to help you with any technical questions you might have. Um, and with that, as you're getting ready, I'm going to go ahead and um, have you listen to somebody else other than me. So, woo! <laughs> family. Uh, I figured it'd be pretty fitting to do this last video from Melissa while I was at the beach. Uh, it is our last day here in the country. So yeah, I just wanted to do one final video before we left. Um, the last few weeks have been really awesome. Uh, we were doing our some youth ministry, so we moved on to the younger kids and we we're helping out in a children's home where we were staying for a couple days. Um, it was really good. We, uh, yeah, we were just able to share some love with them, get to know them, and um, get to know like the project we were working with, so it was really good. We also helped out at a couple different youth groups. We were able to run the whole evening. Um, so a couple of us were even able to teach at youth groups, so I can finally check preaching off the list for our outreach experience, and so can one of the other girls, so that was quite, quite cool. Um, beyond that, yeah, we've just done a lot of different evangelism still, um, and it's been really good the last few weeks. I feel like God really brought along a lot of different ministry. We were helping out in villages, so where people don't work and their kids don't go to school, um, so we're able to teach them some Bible lessons and play games, teach them some songs. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's been such a good outreach, um. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what else to say beyond that. I've kind of kept you guys up to date about how it's been going. So it's all been really great, um, and God has been so faithful through it all. We've seen so much take place, so many healings happen. Um, yeah, and it's also been a blessing to see how beautiful it is here and meet so many different people. Um, so yeah, I think all of us have mixed feelings about going back to Sweden this week. Uh, so, but it's going to be good. We have a couple more weeks of lecture phase, so we will be doing just wrapping things up. Um, we're going to have a debrief and some life planning stuff going on, and then we'll have graduation. So, coming pretty close to the end here. I may do one more update, but I think this might be the last one that I send you guys. Um, so, I just wanted to let you guys know that we are done in our time in Malaysia. And I had made a comment the other day that outreach is over, but... I was corrected and outreach is never over because outreach and ministry it's our whole life. It's what we as Christians are called to do. So I'm trying to have that mindset as I'm leaving, as I'm going back to Sweden, as I'm coming home soon. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for your prayers. Uh, we all appreciate it so much and I'll see you guys soon. Let me show you guys how beautiful it is here. It's very, very pretty. So this is where we get to enjoy. Say hello guys. Hello. <laughs> so I'll see you guys soon. I love you. I miss you all. Praying for you. Bless you. Bye. Hey, man. 
Amen. So who wants to go on a missions trip? Amen. She sent that at the beginning of the week this time. Usually, usually I get it on like Sunday morning at about 5 a.m. And uh, so she sent that out Tuesday. So for us, um, she will, we, I'm picking them up from the airport three weeks from tomorrow. So it's getting close. It's getting close. I'm excited to have her back and... And Shannon has got uh, has the opportunity. She's going to go and uh, see the graduation, pick her up, and spend a couple days in England, and then come home. So, I'll be like Ralph. We'll be batching it together, and uh, you know, I guess we'll have to do pizza or something. I don't know, but we'll make it. You and Sam and I'll be home. Um, update Charmaine. We were praying for Charmaine and her trip last week. Uh, she arrived safely and is in country and has, as of this morning, has met up with her son, uh, Michael, who she hadn't seen in 14 years. So continue to pray for that time of ministry and reconnection for them as they're gone. And, and of course, pray for, for uh, Ralph and, and be, you know, things, one of the things that we should be doing as a church is is, you know, the people who you sometimes see seated around you that aren't there today, whatever the, this Sunday that is, pray for them. You know, maybe they're, they're struggling with a sickness or, you know, if they're just out having fun, that they pray that they'd remember you. I don't know, but pray for them. And uh, so we need to be lifting up the body of Christ, and there are people um, you we definitely need to be praying for for healing in that. So we want to, we wanna, a big one right now is, is uh, Mike Gray, Please be praying for Mike Gray and healing and a touch from him. Um, he, is, he is dealing with cancer, and, uh, and he's been in and out of the hospital a few times this week. So please be pr praying for miracles and, and doctor's wisdom for him. Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray for the word this morning. Heavenly Father, as we go continue our journey in the book of 1 Corinthians, I pray you would bless this time in the word this morning. God, um, just pray that uh, all that you want to say through this chapter, that we would hear. Uh, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Fathers, we, say, we, we read in Revelation. We pray that for this morning in this message. Bless us, God. Uh, give us insight, even in this uh, great, great passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Um, be with us. Let everyone listening online be touched and encouraged also in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I mean, I'm always excited to preach, always excited to be in the Word and reading it, but uh, chapter 8 um, is, is one that I've been really looking forward to, uh, as well as some coming up. Um, of course, we're going to start getting into um, uh, chapter 12, spiritual gifts, uh, chapter 13, talking about love. 
um, chapter 10. So what we're doing in our life group right now is they're helping me prepare for my messages. We're going along 1 Corinthians, and we're about two chapters ahead in our life group. So we're having great discussion and study um, ahead. And uh, last Wednesday, we had a great, great time, I think, uh, talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It made me so excited that I wanted to skip 8 and 9 and just go straight to 10. Um, but, uh, but I can't do that. And that would be sacrilegious or something, I'm sure. Just like really confusing, really, is what it would. So, so be like, what happened to 8 and 9? So we're going to do 8. But I'm also really excited about chapter 8 um, because it's, it's very practical for us. Though when you read it, uh, we're going to go ahead and read, read it all the way through. You read it and you go, I don't know how that's really practical for us. Let's do that. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, starting in verse 1. If you have your Bible, you can do that. I, don't, I didn't get it put up on the screen, but... Here it goes. Um, it says this. Now concerning food offered to idols. See, that happens for us all the time, right? Um, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things are and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge. Some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat it, uh, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak. You sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble." So this, this section is, is just got so much in it, and we're going to talk about today. Um, in those first couple of verses, uh, you know, it brings up this point um, about uh, f um, sacrifices, uh, food being offered to idols. Now, concerning food offered to idols. So let's catch up again. 1 Corinthians is the letter that Paul's writing um, to this, this newer church in Corinth. It's been established for a couple of years. Corinth was a, a place of, of a lot of idol worship, um, and the idol worship was, was radical. Um, they had even the, the cult prostitutes, the shrine prostitutes, where part of their uh, worship was uh, having sex with the prostitutes. These people who've come to Christ have come out of a lot, and they still have a lot of these uh, pagan ideas and concerns going on. Um, remember, we've talked that the Corinthians wrote to Paul, and this is actually Paul's second letter, and they have written also to Paul. And in some of these exchanges from the church, they've asked questions. And so I believe that this is one of the things now Paul is, is bringing up one of the questions that they had. 
And that's why he says, now concerning food offered to idols. So they must have had this question. We're kind of hearing a one-sided phone conversation, if you will. You ever listen to a, a one-sided conversation? You're like, oh, you can't imagine what their other person is saying. And so they must have offered, asked this question, hey, what about food offered to idols? And, and like I said, I'm like, this, is, this will relate to us, but you go, how? I don't think I've ever worried about when I went to Stater Brothers going, now I wonder if this steak was offered to an idol. It's just not something we, we worry about. It's not something on our radar, but let's put it in perspective there. Um, at, at these shrines, at these uh, places of worship, people would bring meats and things and they would offer them there. Well, what they would do is the, the, the priests would receive that meat and at times they would actually just go right into the meat market and sell it, sometimes at a discounted price even because, you know, the, it was offered and some people wouldn't eat it. Um, and so they would also have celebrations within the temple um, where, where maybe it would be a celebration for one of the gods and they would be having a meal. And, and so, so they would reserve that meal. But sometimes, even within these places, they would serve these, this meat and it wouldn't necessarily be for a... A, uh, an idol, it would just be a banquet of people gathering together. So, so people may have bought the meat in a meat market or they might be gathering together uh, for just a meal and, and the Christians were saying, I don't know if we should eat this. It's been sacrificed to an idol. And so Paul's going to go on and he's going to begin to address this, not just here, but over the next couple of chapters, we're going to see it resurface again. And uh, there's a lot of going to be a lot of good application for us um, as we move on. So let's, let's move on and see what that is. Uh, at the very beginning, he goes, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Remember, one of the things with the Greeks is that they were always seeking knowledge. We, we learned about it at the beginning of 1 Corinthians. They're always seeking knowledge, always wanting to know more. Um, you, Paul writes about it in a couple of places where they just even sit around and talk about new philosophies and new knowledge, and they were seeking this knowledge. So he's kind of addressing that, going, all of us possess knowledge. We have, we have this, this understanding and knowledge. And he says, but this knowledge puffs up. This knowledge puffs up. And part of what he's talking about, I believe, is that they've learned all these things from around the world because people would come from different parts and they would talk about philosophies. And so they've learned these things. And he says, you, you know a lot. You've learned a lot. Just knowing things puffs you up. And, and that, it, it, meets, it can make you arrogant. And, and when, when people learn sometimes... They, they get this feeling. I don't know if you ever met somebody or if that was you at some point in your life. Uh, a lot of us got that way in our early 20s. Hopefully you grew out of that. Uh, you, you went to school, you started learning things, and you felt like, man, I know everything. Uh, late teens, early 20s, and, and you got a little bit prideful and, and, and conceited about the things that you knew. I know I did. Um, and, and so... He says, remember, this knowledge puffs up. And then he goes, but love builds up. Now, knowledge is good. We need knowledge. Um, you know, I, I'm a teacher and preacher. I love to study. I love to get knowledge. I like to learn. I like to help people learn. Uh, one of the things that happens in our life group, we talk about uh, the, the scriptures and the things that we've learned and how uh, God has shown us things. And so we're, we talk, knowledge is good. Um, in fact, um, the, the scriptures teach us that um, 
the fear of the Lord, the beginning of, of, of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. It's, there's another verse that says wisdom. Um, but there is a passage that says, um, I think it's 1 7, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's Proverbs 9 that says the uh, beginning of wisdom. So knowledge is good. Psalm 119.66 says, teach me knowledge and good judgment. So, so we know that knowledge is good. What, what did Solomon ask for? He says, knowledge, wisdom and knowledge. What do you want? Wisdom and knowledge, God, that's what I want. And, and God said, you know, that is a great thing to ask for. I mean, God blessed him because he wants that. So don't get lost in this thing. It's like, we don't need knowledge. One of the things I think happened in... in uh, uh, evangelical, or I would even maybe say more charismatic and Pentecostal movements, which this, that's our, our foundation is charismatic and Pentecostal, is that I remember there was this leaning away from knowledge and just leaning into just spirit, just spirit. The problem is, is without knowledge, you can just chase any spirit. You might not know which spirit you're chasing and listening to. Knowledge is super important, but what does the scripture say? It can puff up, but love builds up. And he's going to go into this passage. Specifically here, he's talking about, listen, we might know these things, and we're going to talk about what he's really talking about in just a second. You might know that idols are nothing. He, 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 we, we just read that. There are no idols. They're, they're nothing. That you can offer meat sacrificed to an idol. It doesn't mean anything. Go ahead and eat it. It's it's It's... it's it's fine. Eat it. That's what you know. But he says, but love builds up. So he's gonna, we're going to address something this morning about the difference between that knowing something and being confident in something and being aware and being careful for your fellow brothers and sisters. Um, in verse 2, it goes on and says, if anyone imagined that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. This is not a riddle, though it sounds like one, doesn't it? If anyone imagined that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. We say this all the, all the time. I hear people say this all the time, and I'm saying it more and more. The older I get, the less I know. You've heard that, right? And who of who, who you got to the point where you've started saying that? Anyone? Right? The older I get, the less I know. Sometimes, sometimes I say it this way. The more I know, the more I realize the less I know. Right? Because as you begin to study, as you begin to learn, you actually realize there's a lot more out there to learn. Uh, you, you know, when, when I was... Um, when, when Matthew was, was young, I think it was we gave it to Matthew, um, we gave him a birthday card, a graduation card. I think it was Matthew, and if not, it was, I remember giving it to somebody. And, yeah, there, and it said, hey, now that you've turned 18 and graduated, quick, go out, get a job, and solve all the world's problems while you still know everything. Right? And, and you get out of college, and even more so. I mean, people getting out of college, they honestly, they're the worst. <laughs> they are the worst, especially if you graduate college at like 22. Man, they've been indoctrinated, and they just come out, and dab nab it, they just know everything. 
And Paul's going, if anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know what he ought to. And there's basically, calm down. <laughs> calm down. You think you know, but there is a lot more. And, and just listen, step back a little bit and don't force that knowledge. I remember one time, just uh, it's very embarrassing, even shameful, because I, I, I carry a little bit of embarrassment and shame over it. I was having a conversation with uh, my buddy and, and a guy that he knew who was older. And um, I must have been 18, 19. No, I was probably more like 20. Um, and it was a kid named Lance. And um, one of my friends had gone down to the Indian, Clint, the Indian casino, and it was kind of new at the time. And uh, he, he, he was playing stuff, and he told me all about it. And so I'm talking to my friend and, and his older friend um, and I, and, and about this. I'm like, yeah, they, down at the casinos, they got, the, you know, they got slot machines, and they got poker. And you know, this is pretty new back then. And I says, and they got, I think I said, they got a craps table. And the guy goes, no, they don't. I'm like, yeah, they do. I just talked to my friend. They do. And he goes, I'm a member <laughs> of the tribe. They don't have one. But I was 20. So you know what I said? Yes, they do. <laughs> and I sat there and argued with him for a couple of minutes. And finally, the guy looked at Lance and goes, like, what is his problem? He's not hearing me. I was talking to a member of the tribe who was connected to the casino and telling him he was mistaken. Not in any part of my imagination in the moment, did I think that I could be wrong? And I, looking at you, I know that you've never done that. <laughs> right? Those who imagine they know something does not yet know as he ought to know. And, and Paul is helping us to get that even now. Is the older I get in the faith, the more I've read my Bible and studied it, I don't know what I ought to know, but I'm going to keep going. And so, so he goes, but if anyone loves God, he is known by God. So he's comparing this awesome thing, knowledge, thinking you know something you don't yet know. But let me tell you something. If you love God, you're also known by God. The goal is to love and know God. Don't, don't get so lost in like thinking you know everything, but instead... Put your focus and your emphasis on loving God. And, and in that, he will know you. And that is the greatest gift of all is to be known by God. That means that you have come into relationship with him. Your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are saved. That is the goal for all of us. And that should be our goal in life is to know God and to help other people know and love God. And so eight here, he's, he's going on this journey, and he's really trying to help them go, listen, this is not about how much you know. He's going to push back a little bit on some of the believers um, who, who say it's great and fine to eat meat. Um, not that they're wrong, but he's pushing, going to push back a little bit. Um, and, and then he's also going to help us understand uh, to being aware of uh, some weaker brothers. So it says, therefore, as to the eating of food offered, at idols, uh, offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence. So he's, he's kind of coming on this thing. He's teaching, going, idols are they're just an idol. They're really nothing. 
that there is no God but one. So although there's a lot of so-called gods in heaven and earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ through whom are all things and through whom we exist. And, and it goes on, so however, not all possess this knowledge. In verse 7, I'll stop there. So he is actually saying, no problem. This meat that was sacrificed to an idol, it wasn't sacrificed to anything that was real. It's just meat. It's actually just meat. And I know that. And some of you know that. We're going to talk about not just celebrating in your knowledge here in a minute, church, you know, the Corinthian church. He says, but, but that is a true statement. That is a true statement. Now, in this process, it's like, well, how does this, how does this go to us? I think there's a lot of ways that we can um, look at this. And I don't want to make a list because there's a lot of times that Christians are looking for lists of what can I do and what can't I do. Just, just tell me, is this okay? People come to me, uh, you know, Pastor, is it okay if I fill in the blank? And, and they, they ask these, these questions. And we'll spend a little bit of time talking about how to know what is okay. W one of the things I don't want to do is, is I don't want to give you a list because really um, the, the scriptures give us a list clearly of some of the things that there's not even a question about. The first thing you want to know is, is whether it's okay or not is, well, what does the Bible say? You know, well, you know, I really hate my neighbor and I was thinking about killing him. Is that okay? And, um, you know, I don't have to, you know, if you get counsel on that, you don't have to think about it too often. You just go, let's go right to the scripture. It says, thou shalt not murder. So we're going to take that off the table. You can't, you can't murder him. Now, oh, what a bummer. Um, and, uh, you know, and, but you know, they'll, they'll ask other things. Well, you know, can I, can I gossip? You know, is that okay if I'm just, you know, sharing information? And, well, no, the Bible says don't gossip. And, and well, can I drink? Well, okay, now we've got something that the Bible doesn't prohibit. The Bible absolutely does not prohibit drinking alcohol. Um, and some people uh, fall on one side and some, some fall on the other of whether you should or not. And, and, uh, but that's one of those things. Well, can I, can I drink alcohol? Here, here's one. Can I get a tattoo? Well, it, you know, say, well, some people would say, um, now nah, the Bible says, you know, you don't, don't, the, the Old Testament Leviticus, don't mark yourself. Well, they didn't read the rest of it. It says, don't mark yourself for the dead. You know, it was part of a worship service. You've got to understand that. Um, but the same people who will use that scripture to not get a tattoo probably also play football. You go, well, why is that bad? Because football is made with a dead pig skin and you can't touch a dead pig. <laughs> and, and after they play football, they have a shrimp cocktail. And the Bible says that eating shrimp and those crustaceans are an abomination. And so, so understanding and knowledge is good. We have to understand what that was talking about. So, um, so there are things that we, well, can I drink? Can I get a tattoo? Can I get a piercing? You know, it's funny because the piercing one is, is a, oh, no, you Christians can't get a piercing. Man, everyone in the old, a lot of people in the Bible had piercings. It didn't even talk about that. In fact, if you wanted to be a servant to somebody, you'd get your ear pierced. So we have these questions. Well, the Bible doesn't talk about it, so how do we answer it? Part of that answer is going to be in here. And, and other things, um, as, as one would be, would, that we should always be considering is, does it bring you closer to the Lord or farther away? 
whatever you're asking about doing. Does that bring me closer to God or does it bring me further away? Um, another one is, is, as I'm doing that, am I influencing people towards God or away from God or neutrally? Because we're supposed to care about our brothers. We're going to continue to get into that. So these are some of the things. Um, another one that, that goes right along with this that I was thinking about actually just last night. And it, and it, it was, um, can I do yoga? Oh, man, talk about a hot button. And I'll say, well, yoga itself is actually worship. If you do real yoga, it's worship part of another type of worship. But what about stretching, doing the yoga poses? Go, ooh, well, they go, well, they do the same poses in another thing, you know, in yoga. So you probably can't do that stretch. You know, I don't know, stretches, downward dog or whatever they are. That, that position is, is wrong. And that's when. God created my body to do that position long before yoga was invented. So, and if that, that position stretches my muscles in my body and I'm not worshiping doing it, is that just like eating food offered to us an idol? We have to come to these, these things. Now, some people are, oh, no, that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. Actually, to me, it really seems exactly the same thing. A pose that used to be offered to an idol that is no longer being offered to an idol. So how do we come across these things? We have to use the scriptures. We have to um, you know, get the knowledge and say, does the scriptures say that you can't stretch? And this one, you can't eat, eat meat sacrificed to an idol. And Paul's saying it's, it's, it's okay. Um, he says, now, he, so he goes through this, and whether it's, you know, getting a tattoo or getting a piercing or having a, a glass of, uh, of, of wine or a drink. Now, the Bible does say that you cannot be drunk. You should not be drunk. The disciples drank. Jesus drank. That, that's, people who argue that, it's, there's, I mean, they did absolutely drink, but they were instructed not to be drunk. And did they get drunk? Maybe. Because we know that some of the, the, the Christians were getting drunk. Paul had to correct it. So is it possible that the disciples ever got drunk? They were human. They might have. But it wasn't right. So getting drunk for a Christian, that's just not something we should ever do. The Bible is clear about that. Um, there's, there's these things. So, um, but some of them are a little, they're, they're vague in here. So he says, but listen, you might be that person who has that freedom. See, we're talking about freedom in Christ. Uh, the, the Bible doesn't prohibit it. Um, I'm, I'm free to have a drink, and that's okay. I'm free to eat this, this, this hamburger that was sacrificed at Wendy's. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm free. I'm free. I, I know that that idol is nothing, so I'm going to go and have it. And then he goes, however, not all possess this knowledge. Which knowledge? The knowledge that says, I'm okay to do it. Some, because of their former association with idols, 
eat food as really offered to an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. So some people in this situation, if, if they were to eat this meat sacrificed to an idol, they, they would struggle and their conscience would be defiled and it would be for them not sin. The Bible says anything you do that's not of faith is sin. That's a heavy one, isn't it? Anything you do that's not of faith is sin. So if you're really, my, my advice when people are like, I'm really struggling with this, you know what I say? Don't do it. You know what I don't try to do? Talk them into it. Don't talk somebody into something that they're struggling with. Pray. Pray for freedom. Pray for knowledge. Pray that they can walk in all that God has for them. But if they're struggling with it, by all means, don't encourage them to do it because you're encouraging them to go possibly against their conscience. And it says that's, that'll defile them. That would actually be a sin to them, to, for you, to, against them. And it says food won't condemn us, commend us to God either way. Either way, foods, it's not going to make you better with God. It's not going to make you worse with God. Uh, we're no worse off if we don't eat it and no better off if we do. Now, some of us go, yeah, but we're talking about meat in general because I think I'm better off eating meat. Um, he's talking about specifically eating meat sacrificed to idols. It says, but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. This is his key phrase right here. You've got freedom to do this? Great. Don't let your freedom hurt somebody else. Don't do it. Take care that this right of yours. I don't title my messages often, but I think on the internet I titled it, You May Be Right, but it's, it may be wrong. You may be right, but it may be wrong. Huh? You may be right in your position that you can do something, but doing it might be wrong depending on the situation you're in. Now, this goes against uh, the grain for a lot of us uh, as people, not as Christians, as humans, because we, especially in America, in America, America, we like our rights. And don't you dare infringe on my rights. And I'm being a little over the top with it, but it's true. We, there's this thing, right? we're rights. No, I have the right. I have the right. You know, so many people say, I have the right for this and I have the right for that. I'm like, that was never given you as a right. Go read the Constitution. Go read the Bill of Rights. That's not a right. It's a privilege. We take that into Christianity. I have the right to drink. I have the right to offer this. I have the right. I have the right. I have the right. It's okay. I have the right. He says, you may be right, but doing it may be wrong, depending on the situation you're in, depending on who you're doing it with. We have to be very concerned about loving one another. What is the beginning? Knowledge puffs up. I'm right. Love builds up but I'm not going to do it. I care for you too much. I care for you too much. I'm going to build you up. I'm not going to force my right. I'm not going to demand my right. It's, it's 
maybe it's similar to when I teach, uh, taught driving to a lot of people in, uh, in the homeschool community. All the parents now call me and say, will you please take my kids? I, I've got an appointment tomorrow to go out with a kid. Um, I, I, I just like to scream. Um, <laughs> So I go out and teach teach them, you know, no driving and stuff, and we'll we'll get to like a four way four way stop, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'll do the quizzing. So who gets to go first? Well, you know, you know, whoever got here first, great, you know. So I give these little scenarios. Well, you know, if the if you if you and and the person over here pull up at the exact same time, who gets to go first? And sometimes they know, sometimes they don't know. But the person to your right, it's so, okay. All four of you get there at the same time. You know, go through these little scenarios. Well, well. Um, so, so he goes, okay, well, you know, if you, you go in order, if, you know, whoever gets there first, I'm like, great, so you're, you're there, and there's other people. I says, now you begin to go, but you don't just put on the gas and go. And he goes, well, why not? It's my turn. Right. You're, you are right. Absolutely. But somebody else might think they're right. And if they do the same thing, you're going to crash. So as, as Jack Oxney, Mr. Oxney, I don't know if anyone in here remembers him. <laughs> he was the, the, the driving guy when I was at the, at the high school, and he took me out driving. And he had this thing, and he said, no, no, be a creep. Huh? Be a creep? Yeah, creep out there. <laughs> creep. I have the right, but I'm not going to demand my right. Who's ever gotten an accident because you demanded your right? It happens all the time. Great place that people demand their, their, what they think is their right is at the bottom by lippies. <sighs> so many people are wrong. I'm going to tell you the right way right now, the legal way. If somebody's on the straightaway part, even though they just left the stop sign, they're coming up, they have the right of way. The person coming at 40 going up like that, does not have the right of way, legally. But when I'm doing that, I never demand the right of way. I'm, I know they're not going to stop. So it's just a little, little driving for you. You're like, some of you are like, no. <laughs> Look it up. That's why the person coming in has the sign that says yield. The other one doesn't. Church, sometimes we need to know when to yield. But I'm right. Y y correct, you are. But if you demand your right, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. Don't demand it. You may be right, but it might be wrong. Because of, now listen, here, here's the thing. It says, Others, because their former association with idols, eat food is really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. And if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. I want to hit this real quick because this is a real issue that I have found in, in Christianity. And, and I, I, we need to help people to get back to scriptures, and I want to help you right there. There's been a lot of times in my life in the past 
that if anybody said anything about a freedom that I felt like I had, I'm like, I just can't do it because they mentioned it. And I guess it bugs them. So I'm not going to do it. I found freedom in that now because that's not what the scriptures say. You know what the scriptures say? If somebody sees you whose faith is weak, you know who's usually pointing it out? Are strong believers who aren't being challenged themselves by it. They're critical and they're being judgmental and they're being legalistic. Now, that's not what we're talking about here. See, freedom is, is that knowing that you're, you're right to do it in, in Christ, um, that there's nothing prohibiting it, there's a freedom in there. Legalism is this thing of saying, I don't have the freedom to do that, and that's okay. See, you might have the freedom to do something. Maybe it's, you know, have a drink. You might have the freedom to do that, but somebody else doesn't. R watching rated R movies. I mean, we could, a lot of lists of these things that really are, are, are true. Um, going to certain places. Um, we, we've gone on, on vacation to Vegas. Somebody used to give us a timeshare. We couldn't afford to go anywhere, so we went to Vegas. And, and we were told by so many people that we were in sin because we went to go stay in a condo in Vegas. And I'm, what I've realized is maybe they're, for them it was sin because they couldn't do it in faith. And for us, we found a great church out there, uh, International Church of Las Vegas. We went to the Holy Spirit Conference. We went out there and we worshiped Jesus and played in the pool. We had freedom and other people didn't. Now for them, maybe to go to Vegas, if they really had an issue with it, I wouldn't drag them to Vegas with me. That'd be wrong. It's a real weakness. It's a real concern. Other people, these same type of people say, I can't do it, so therefore, you can't do it. Did you follow? I can't do that, so either can you. That's legalism, unless it's in the scriptures, and there's things that aren't. So we don't have to necessarily not do anything that anybody objects to, because the truth is, we'd all have to stay home. We can't even watch Bambi, because Bambi's Disney, and there are people who say you absolutely cannot watch Disney. We couldn't really do anything because honestly, all you ladies, none of you have hair coverings and so you're all bad. You're, right? I mean, did you hear me? There is always going to be somebody who judges your freedom and tells you you can't do it. And if we, if we bow to that every time, just might as well stay home. Oh, but then you'll be judged for that because you can't forsake the assembling together of the brothers. <laughs> so we're not going to bow into the legalism, but we're going to be concerned for those whose faith is genuinely weaker. We, we have to be very aware of people who, if, if they come to your house, let's say you're okay with having a drink and, and you invite them over, and they're like, oh, you've got alcohol here? I want to just encourage you right there, put it away. <laughs> but, but here's sometimes what we do, and we don't want to do this. Yeah, hey, it's okay, Jesus drank. Have a beer. 
Now, now you laugh, but sometimes some of you inside are going, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. You're right. There's nothing wrong with it. Except the fact that the person said, You're, you got alcohol? Showed you immediately that their, their faith is a little weaker than you. Now, they didn't come and go, I can't believe you've got booze. You can almost hear the judgmentalism in it. Especially when you say it like that. Are, are you tracking? You're being really quiet. Some of you are like going, do I put the beer away or not? I'm still wondering about that. Well, I'm having so much fun, we're going late. Um, when we were in Guatemala, I, maybe I've, I've already shared this, but when we were in Guatemala, we had been there for a while, and, and lots of people came through. Over a million visitors visit this town, little Antigua that we lived in, 70 a year, a million visitors a year. That's like, like you know, getting close to big man numbers, I think. 70,000 people go there to learn Spanish a year. 70,000, that was pre-pandemic. 70,000 people are there not speaking Spanish, learning Spanish. What is the most common language in the world? English. Actually, it's Mandarin. <laughs> but English is a huge, it's, it's the common language, right? Everyone speaks English. So all those people coming to learn Spanish, they all spoke English. They'd come by the church, they'd, they'd hang out. A lot of Christians, lots of missionaries. That's, we had church services for them. The Christians would, in, after, if they were going to be there for a while, they'd come up. So many of them came up to me and says, listen. I need to get the down low. What about drinking? What about drinking? And I says, they're like, can I drink? Do they drink here? I don't want. I'm like, it's really easy. I said, Guatemalan Christians do not drink, period. They just don't. European Christians absolutely do, like all of them. Europeans do, Guatemalans don't. Americans lie. <laughs> Sorry, is that too? Let's get back. We're no worse off if we don't, fill in the blank. And we're no better off if we do, fill in the blank. He's saying, take care that this right of yours, and, and, I, and I focused on, on alcohol because it's an easy one. It's, it's one that we actually do talk about in, in, within the church, whether it's right or not. But there's a lot of things that I mentioned in others. Take care that this right of yours to do whatever it is that you believe that you are free to do, that the Bible doesn't specifically prohibit you from doing, don't become a stumbling block to the weak. Just don't do it. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't he be encouraged if his, if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed. The brother for whom Christ died, Christ died for him. Don't just say, but I've got the right. You do, but you're supposed to love your brother. You're supposed to care for him. You're supposed to minister to him. Love him. And it actually says, you'd be sinning against your brother if you do that. Wounding their conscience when it's weak. 
you got to under, underline that word weak. We're talking about a weaker Christian. Now, my, I, I think things that I would never say to people. I, I just, I'm, I'm not that bold usually. But I thought, boy, this next time I'm having a conversation where somebody is coming against me, you know, is maybe a, a legalistic Christian. And, and I, I feel like I might want to say something. I probably won't say it, but say something. You know what? Because you're weaker than I am, I won't do it. Because that's what the scriptures teach me. He, he needs to be weak. We're not going to demand our rights, are we? That's, that's, you know, that's that sinful nature in me. That's that thing. I got it too. Not going to do it. Let's not wound their conscience when it's weak. You sin against Christ. So first you sin against your brother, but when you wound their conscience when it's weak, you sin against Christ. And so then Paul closes this section up with a really, really hard part. Therefore, if, you can fill in the blank, food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Love. Love wins out. Loving one another. Be caring for one another. Not causing people to stumble. We just, that's, that's the rule. As I love, I can die to my rights. I can die to my flesh. I don't have to watch Bambi in front of you. But really, he, he, that's a, isn't that a big statement? Because I, we wrestle. But I'm, I've got the freedom. Yeah. Everything is permissible. We already studied this, remember? But not everything is beneficial. So what an interesting journey we, we, we come through this chapter. It's really powerful. What I want you to do is not to, to take just the things that I... I said is, is examples, but I want you to say, Lord, what is it or is there anything in my life that this really applies to? Anything that, that this is the area that, that I have freedom, I don't have freedom, that I need to be watching and concerned about for someone? And, and how can we walk in, in love towards the weaker brother? And, and that's, you might have been at this a long time and maybe they haven't. Or maybe because of the circumstances, it's much closer to their heart. We're not going to put the beer in their hand and say, you can do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Eat that food sacrificed to an idol. No, not me. Not this little gray duck, right? Let's pray. Father, the word is challenging to us. It, it, it challenges us as, as people who uh, have freedom that maybe they need to yield that right for, for another believer. It, it, it challenges us that just because I don't have a freedom doesn't mean that I need to put that on other people. God, help, help me.
help us this morning, wherever we're at in this. And we're probably at, at different places and in, in the same on different parts. In one area, we might have freedom. In another area, we, we don't. And maybe we are stepping into legalism. Help us to not demand that other people are at the exact same spot that we are, whether it's in freedom or not in freedom. Help us to not judge. Help us not to judge somebody who, who is maybe not uh, as strong and far along in their faith as, as we are and they haven't been showed, or for different reasons that just will never be there. Help us not to judge that, but let us love that. Those who've grown up in another culture where alcohol is just related to being bad. God, let us not be judgmental. Let us not be judgmental of those who have freedom. God, most of all, help us to love. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. We be careful and caring for those around me. Let us love as Christ loved, sacrificing himself. We can do the same. Help us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.